you know anybody you know how i wear um headphones when we're talking yes mm -hmm. that's because i'm listening to to affirmations daily daily meditative affirmations while we're recording that's great so while, does it help you sort of just focus in yeah yeah well it, it creates just an uh, like an utter shit show cacophony in my ears i can't i can't follow what the guests are saying i can't follow what you're saying i can't follow what the 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 meditative uh affirmations are saying but but i i think it makes uh me a little bit more you know interesting to listen to you know that actually explains a lot it's a lot of sense Itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality was launched in June 2020 during a massive outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840 plus creators and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated down to the ACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund as well as the Community Bail Fund. This is episode 30 and we have played 85 of the 1,365 playable games in the bundle. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, Eric. Hello, Alex, my good friend. How are you feeling? You're about to go on a trip. I am, yes. I am uh, breaking my air uh, air travel um, silence. My first time on a play in, in a while. I refused for so long, but they, they finally figured out that my mom's birthday was enough to get me on one. Mm. So mm. I'm going out to Boston, celebrate with them. Well, um, I wish you safe travels. You know what I mean? Thank you. I understand I'm what I to mean go. when I say that? I, I want do. To travel um, my, my, my COVID scare in hindsight, I got the antibody test today and it came back negative. So folks, I don't know what the fuck happened. Oof. Uh, hey, hey, hey. I know. Hey, hey, hey. Sucks. I'm gonna get get the vaccine when I get back, though. That sounds great. Try and stop me. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know why I would do that. What's up with you? Uh, what's going on, Eric? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I just played a little bit of Apex with my buddies. I I've started to become vaguely competent, which I think is pretty exciting. But I oh yeah, dude. You know what I, mean? I mean, those games take a while to get good at. Yeah, well, I'm, I I don't think I'm ever gonna get good, and that's fine with me. But I'm starting to get vaguely competent. Like I can, I know kind of where people are when we're in fights. <laughs> I'm not just like running around firing my gun randomly into the air. Well, I wouldn't say I'm good at Overwatch, but I have been playing for like four years at this point, uh -huh. and so like I know a little bit. Like I, you get me in the right sort of situation, I could be kind of dangerous. Ooh. But I, I, you know, if I played against anyone who was actually good, I would get absolutely rolled. Oh yeah, I yeah, I yeah yeah yeah. Um, so I, I don't aspire to be good, but it's like I finally gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I can load this up and I can kind of like show up. You know what I mean? And uh, and that feels really fun. I like that. What about like you? the uh, end of Hardball? Like I, you know, Keanu Reeves giving the speech. I'm amazed. So much of life has shown up, and I'm so impressed by your ability to show up every day. I um, have never seen Hardball, and uh, oh, Eric, you simply must. Yeah, I'd watch it. I mean, have I told you? Have I said on the podcast that like before quarantine, 
there's Ben Affleck made a movie called The Way Back where he's like a it's a hundred percent way it's a hundred percent that yeah it's hardball is the blueprint for the way back but yeah so right before quarantine i was like i'm never gonna watch this movie in a million years and in the midst of quarantine i was like all right let's give it a shot and just like sobbing (laughs) (laughs) this man's redemption arc so so you've been you're playing apex still that's what's up with you yeah forever sorry it's not oh you know Um, i mean magic the gathering there's they've got uh, a special arena cube draft going on so that's always a fun little thing to pluck around Um, i went back to a game that i played this summer called tenderfoot tactics which is a goblin tactics game (laughs) um it's I, I I hadn't played it since I got the beefy PC, and now I've got it, and it's even more fun. And they've rounded off some of the edges even more. It's a really cool little game. I'm having a blast with it. That sounds it's fun. Scratching my tactics itch and my exploration itch. So right. I strongly recommend it. If there's any folks out there who that sounds fun, you're playing like a squad of goblins. You don't really know what you're doing. You're just kind of wandering around the countryside, fighting monsters and trying to save people. It's great. Okay, that sounds awesome. That sounds really rad. Some itch updates. Uh, Starlight Shores, uh, the visual novel we played with uh, Sarah and Ben. Uh, their uh, 1.3 is launching on May 7th. Uh, the update includes a handful of new CGs, background art, and quality of life updates. So uh, if visual novels are your thing, check that out. I remember enjoying it. Uh, Big Nasty Truck, who made In My Friend Carrie's Car, definitely the most, one of the more artistic and sort of contemplative games mm-hmm. that we played. There's a new browser game from them called moving on and if you like very personal games that tackle tough personal topics uh check it out uh, i started to to give it a look and it, it seems very promising um and then finally it's just running a special game making selects bundle which includes six tools for aspiring game developers and it only costs 15 bucks oh, cool. uh, with an 80 dollar value so if you're a person who listens to the podcast and are like interested in building a game yourself check it out um we'll put the link up on our twitter page but it, it, you have to act very quickly because if you're listening to this after um april 7th the uh, bundle is down. It's oh. no longer there. So, so hop on. if you're listening to it now, four, six, if you know, if this is the, the right Venn diagram, get to it right away. It's uh, you could be making a game. You could have a game by the end of the week. If you, if you jump on it right now. Yeah, you should buy it there. 15 bucks. Come on. Me. I got too much Me to too. do. I'm playing apex legends. I'm sometimes playing magic. The gathering. My blade is full. I hear you. Um, this week's guest is Blair Scott. He works at Skybound Entertainment in their video games section as a production coordinator. Uh, and we worked together at a talent literary management company's assistance in a very small little room. So it was really great to reconnect with Blair. He's so, so cool and fun. He was awesome. He's like so rad. Yeah. Uh, and he's my, he's my neighbor, too. I had no idea. I, I keep I, I really want to play Rocket League with him. But he's. You should. I'm, I mean, I've I've put myself out there, Blair. If you're listening to this, I, I, let's let's play. Let's do it. You got to message him on Discord. Make it happen. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna do that. Right. His cause this week is the Stop AAPI Hate Reporting Center, founded on March 19th, 2020. So. A little over a year old at this point, the center tracks and responds to incidents of hate, violence, harassment, discrimination, shunning, and crowd bullying against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the United States. Check them out at http uh, stopaapihate.org or on Twitter at stopaapihate. Uh, we've donated to them, and if you need to donate and send proof to bundlebuddiespodcast.gmail.com, 
we will shout you out on the show. Yeah, very rad. There's been a rise in uh, violence against Asian folks, as I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast knows, and uh, it's an important resource. Well, let's get underway. Uh, here is Bundle Buddies with Blair Scott. I'm stoked. Listen up, babies. Me too. Um, well, thanks so much for being on, Blair. This is another one of our amazing industry episodes. Uh, Hooray! I'm s- um, but <laughs> we we sort of started out the conversation. We're already recording. Um, yep. And we just started out the conversation with like your history with video games, like your first mm-hmm. systems, your favorites, like an overall take us through the process. Yeah. Because one of the first things I knew about you was, in fact, that you were a gamer and that you loved Dune. Uh, those oh, are like yeah. the two the, the two of the biggest uh, biggest things. So please, those are those are. Two extremely core staples of mine. Dune, uh, U-N-E. Um, I will also probably talk about Duma, O-O-M, as both <laughs> are fantastic four-letter D franchises. D, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think of another fantastic D franchise, and if I get there... Well, there's also Dune in There's Atwater Duck Village. Hunt, but that's still... Wait, what's that? Dune in Atwater Village. Incredible uh, franchise... Uh, opportunity <laughs> you ever been there it's great is that the restaurant yeah okay it's just I have a not dune it's just a single dune it's one dune <laughs> really There's great dune the dunes in indiana an incredible oh yeah we used to go to in indiana Chicago. dunes i in at like eighth grade i feel like my elementary school okay this is way we're like <laughs> You said dune, and we're like, we would go to Indiana Dunes like as a field trip, uh, and they were just like fun. It was like literally just like yeah, you run and then you jump. That's like what the dunes are. Like you run and you jump and you feel like you're floating for a while and then you roll down. You hit sand and you're good because it's yeah. got cushion. Yeah, it's got to uh, be in the top ten places to do mushrooms if you're in Chicago. <laughs> Within like four hours, it. you know, it's like Wisconsin or the Dunes. Okay, wait, but Dune, uh, the video game or the book or the movie? Okay, uh, definitely the book. I love the Lynch movie. I don't necessarily think it's a good movie, but I love it as a Dune sure. fan. I am very excited about Denis Villeneuve's upcoming dune mm-hmm. um you know i ironically and i love that you know this will be a good segue once we start talking about rogue craft squadron but i'm a big starcraft fan and what i've yeah. come to discover is that dune 2000 the pc game laid a lot of found uh foundation for future rts um mm-hmm. and i haven't played it and i i can't speak much more on the topic than that but i do know that it was kind of a weird unknown precursor to a lot of really big rts mechanics that people ah. uh, employed thereafter cool i didn't know or that at, at least, all yeah I, uh, I played the original dune back in the 90s that also i think kind of an rts foundational kind of a thing but not a supremely fun game <laughs> yeah, I think it was like really raw mechanics that people yeah. kind of took and wielded into something more uh, engaging. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I've told you this, Alex, but I've been in a StarCraft league for the entire duration of... Uh, I know, I've, I've known a little bit about it just watching. You, you were doing like yeah. a show that was all about drinking in StarCraft, right? <laughs> we did. So 
we started playing. Actually, we're coming. This week is our one year on uh, March 24th. Wow, congratulations. I know, right? So we've we've timed our season so that our semifinals for season five are going to be our one year. So everybody's, it's just me and three other buddies. So we've got a group of four. We do a, you know, uh, elimination bracket where we do a series a three series uh and then we'll do a five series for the championship so we've got our three series semis this uh wednesday which is very exciting and what we did at the end of our first season was me and my uh sometimes writing partner uh mark plumley decided we would stream the finals without telling our friends Brian and Daniel. So we set up this whole Twitch stream. I made some like really dumb, stupid graphics with After Effects that would trigger <laughs> uh, a drinking game. So if there was a certain unit combination or a certain uh, attack style, we would trigger like a graphic uh, and, and drink <laughs> along with it, um, <laughs> which was really fun. So actually, I think we're going to do, we'll be doing that again for the championships. I haven't made it to the championships. I'm usually last, which is really sad, <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll change. Unfortunately, this, the first, my first, uh, fight will be against the reigning champion. So my, oh my, my odds God. are low, but you know, I've been trying some new strats this season. Maybe I can pull a win out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Eric and I are definitely pulling for you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Can we drop, can we drop like, uh, like in Hunger Games, can we drop like uh, crates to you or something along <laughs> the way? Oh my God. I, that would be funny. I wish, you know, if I was a modder or whatever, that'd be really hilarious if you could get some sort of audience interaction with like the game or like, I don't know, drop neutral units or just be like, you know what? I'm going to give this person 500 Vespin gas because they need it. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. May the odds um, be ever in your favor, Blair. Blair, can we go? Can we go uh, farther? But I would love to hear how you yes. got into StarCraft. But like, where? Where's kind well, of your? What's your origin? Your video game origin story? This is this is great because StarCraft is a core component of that. My video game origin story definitely lies with the Nintendo sixty four. Mm. Um, playing at, at again ties back to StarCraft and my writing partner Mark Plumley used to live across the street from him. He and his family had the N sixty four first games we would play. We actually, and I know this is like totally unacceptable for, for for StarCraft, especially after playing it on PC for so long. I was introduced to StarCraft on the Nintendo sixty four. You know what? I was introduced to. Uh... I've only played Command and Conquer Red Alert, and I played that exclusively on PlayStation. Right. So that's, it, like, that's really funny because <laughs> it they, does feel like you're playing a kind of like weird version of it or like a nerfed version of it definitely, in a lot of ways. It's, it, what's impressive is that like it really is like the game of StarCraft. It is just huh. so slow. And they use the C buttons on the 64 are mapped really weirdly so that you can like... <laughs> use shortcuts and stuff it's it's both terrible and impressive considering <laughs> how sure. i can't you know you know you've got one through zero of control groups and you've got all the unit shortcuts and then you're taking a 64 controller you got one joystick and c buttons and like a and e <laughs> yeah. uh, i honestly I, can't even imagine how it would work you know what i mean like but the, i feel like the same way with so many pc ports that are like uh, sort of top-down strategy games you know like the same thing mm -hmm. with like civilization 
revolutions or, or whatever. Like that. I mean, I think the Civilization games are on like some of the, the uh, consoles too, and it, it just doesn't make a fucking lick of sense to me. <laughs> no, well, I think it really is the pace of the game because like the difference between using a mouse and using a joystick as a cursor is huge, and then yeah, and there's no there's no semblance of shortcuts. You just have to use that to like individually click on every single command and and it's just tough but you know outside of starcraft um and and alex is familiar with my adoration of the legend of zelda series um definitely played through ocarina many 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 times i'm in the process of i think earlier on during uh quarantine i had a save file on ocarina that had one death and it was really bothering me that there was just one death and like the vast majority of the rest of the game unlocked or whatever i was like you know what i'm gonna go through this and i'm not gonna get a single game over so i rebooted ocarina started playing through it got to dark link and panicked and died and uh had to restart my save i think i think i've got back to where i was on that but uh you know out of out of honor for the game and my goal that was pretty demoralizing. Um, the other core component of, of 64 for me is, is Mario Kart, which is a classic, and then pretty much the entire Rare catalog, which... Um, mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just so many great games. And th- those like are... Conker's that's a catalog. <laughs> oh, dude, Conker's is hilarious. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie, I think... I might be Team Banjo over Mario 64. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a really cleanly designed game. I'm actually stuck on I don't Gruntilda. really think there's a... I mean, you can make the, the argument for Mario 64, but, like... Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever beaten Banjo-Kazooie, but just, like... It's just Mario 64, and in every way, they have made it better. They've improved upon it in, like, a- any significant way. Mm-hmm. Have you played uh, Sea of Thieves at all? You know, I haven't. I've heard that tossed around. And I'm, you know, I'm familiar with it by way of rare and reputation, but I haven't played it. Is it, is it fun? It's it really is, fun. Yeah. It's fun. Um, kind of at the beginning of the year. I know Alex has gotten into it now, but at the beginning of the year, or at the beginning of the quarantine, uh, mm-hmm. that's sort of, like how friends uh, of mine and I kind of like got into sort of the like on like, I don't think I had played many online games before, right. like until, you know, it's kind of this past year and uh, it's mm-hmm. fun. There's some PVP stuff. That's fun. The game itself is like, uh, is okay. I think, I mean, Alex, you can maybe disagree. Like, it's just sort of like you're running a ship and there's a lot of it like kind of, puts together a lot of like small like half fun things like into like it crams a lot of that together so there's there's times where it's just sort of like you don't really encounter another uh you know group of folks and you're just sort of like Mm -hmm. sailing around but it is absolutely beautiful like it is gorgeous and um, it's gorgeous and they just made it it's just a fun place to hang out with your butts yeah right like and there's a lot of little details in it that are very very cool i've only played it maybe once or twice with my friends but both times like incredibly cool things happened out of nowhere you know that we all got to kind of freak out about we're like oh my god i can't believe this is happening Um, i'm imagining once you get like very used to it it probably gets pretty boring but in the meantime there is that 
that little bit of like it's like okay it, it's a kraken attacking like ugh. <laughs> you know like but yeah. the first time you're like, oh, like Whoa. a kraken ah! and like i don't know my uh my wife would listen to us play it and be like you guys are, it sounds like you're playing like uh <laughs> like you know small business adventure together <laughs> like you're like <laughs> like i'm boarding up uh, you know i need somebody to help like bilge like quick move the masts it's uh yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun, you know, pretty game, and it 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 has that like rare aesthetic to it. Right. So it's like it, it does have like a nostalgic kind of feel to it as well, right? As you're running around on these islands and like killing skeletons and stuff. So you might be into it if that's uh, no you know, your vibe. Totally. Uh, I've got you know on the topic of like social gaming, which is so important right now. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like I am living on Discord, and like <laughs> yeah. the vast majority of my social interactions are taking place in games. So, uh, for better or for worse, I have fallen not completely down the World of Warcraft rabbit hole, but like oh, moderately, oh, moderately no. down the World of Warcraft. <laughs> Uh, which is fun. And I, I, you know, I've cooled off of it, but I took advantage of the amount of free time I had or earlier on in COVID and I got, I maxed out some characters. So now I can kind of, uh, less grindily choose when and when not to engage. And I've got a couple buddies yeah. that we can run dungeons with, and those are really fun. And I really like co-op games. And I think wow is wow is like the equivalent of like, crappy reality tv for me where if you mm. want a really easy relaxing way to just turn your brain off and wind down uh you can do that and then uh if you want something more engaging and challenging running dungeons is like the total opposite of that and they can get really challenging and everybody really needs to be playing a certain role and hit a certain benchmark or at least you know perform to a certain degree in order to successfully navigate some of those boss fights so that it has it has a lot uh, to offer just in variety of experiences. And ultimately you can choose which parts of that you want to engage with. And I know I've barely scratched the surface of what <laughs> that just mammoth game has to offer. You're like the fourth guest in a row that is, you know, I feel like this game is following me and Eric around. I mean, granted, it's one of the most popular games of all time. <laughs> and deservedly so. I was impressed. Yeah. I've yeah, never played I, it. I, I no, me neither. And it's it's funny too because it's like I say, "Oh God, I would like disappear into it and lose so many hours." But it's like I just did that with Rocket League. I'm now doing oh. it with Apex Legends. Like it's just like you know, like <laughs> oh, what man. am I? In what way am I protecting myself? Like I fall. I'm I'm in the hole. <laughs> like might as well go Talk full tilt. I know. And man, talk about Rocket League. I think that's the only or main like competitive online game that I'm playing right now, mm. which is loads of fun, man. Holy oh, crap. So once you great. once you kind of lock into like what's going on there, the skill ceiling is so high, but it it's so hard to like, oh, yeah. climb. Oh my god. Well, I've been talking to um former uh bundle buddy bundle lieber andrew haywood about um the uh the process of getting into a competitive game and the these kind of like weird feelings of like you start out and you're kind of like oh this is cool you're getting a handle of the mechanics and it mm -hmm. seems fun and then like the first time i saw somebody fly up and hit a ball into a goal i was like oh 
baby. I am like, I want to do that. Like I want to get to that point. And so then like you start to do that and there's a point where you are able to fly and hit a ball, right? Like you, like you can accurately Mm -hmm. kind of like fly and hit a ball and you're no, it's no longer like (laughs) magical to you anymore. right? Right. The process of like getting good at these things is like very much this process of like, demystifying it for yourself and and yeah. almost making it not fun anymore right like almost making it uh like this kind of like job or like craft you're kind of working on and then and so like it kind of like oscillates back and forth then right between being like this like thing i want to totally. play in and then this thing that like i actually want to like be good at and is like aggravating that i'm not good at but don't you think don't don't you think that's the the like sign of a truly great game is that once you become that good at it it's still fun you know like do you think that's innately built into it that you know eventually you'll get tired of a certain thing or like because to me it's like i totally hear you but it's like at a certain point it just becomes like table tennis it's like yeah i'm just gonna go knock around a few balls throughout like afternoon and like have a nice little social time but i'm not obsessed with being the best ping pong player in the entire world (laughs) yeah but i think like there's probably a point or at least for me where it's like i have to try and get like good Mm -hmm. at this like like and 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 that you know like until until there's a point where i'm like it's like three in the morning and i gotta go to work tomorrow (laughs) like i need to turn this stupid (laughs) thing off well i think for me eric it's like you know you said that first time you see somebody properly jump boost into the air and slam a ball into the back of the net that goalpost keeps moving so once you Mm -hmm. once you're able to do that you're like well that guy just drove up halfway up the wall jumped out and then slammed it in the back of the net. Yeah. I didn't do that. So like, especially with, with Rocket League, is like that skill ceiling is there's always that next maneuver or whatever you want to qualify those as that really are do function as kind of gates for a lot of the ranks and stuff. Because, you know, I'll hang out sure, on this yeah. subreddit and people will be like, oh, people in Diamond usually can do, you know, this level of stuff. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm not. <laughs> I am not there right now. Like, my... I have a partner that we that me and my buddy uh, play with usually duos, and we're like in gold right now. And I'm like a little better than him, so I've been kind of pulling him along. But we're both kind of in those growing pains where it's like, ah, shit. Like if we want to stay or level up in this, like we need to get better, and we need to like oh, challenge God. ourselves. The, and and the, There's so much failing. You're like, oh, sorry, I went for the wall <laughs> jump and I fucked it up. Oh God. I I mean, at least you're in a in in a mode with your friends where you're like, totally. Like I don't know. There's there's times where it's like where it's totally okay to screw up, and then there's times where you're like five hours in and you're like. Where were you? (laughs) What were you doing over there? (laughs) That's our our StarCraft League. So we also do 2v2s for StarCraft. There are serious conversations taking place both before and after games between... (laughs) You know, we rotate team makeup or whatever. So we'll have... A, we'll usually uh, have some sort of strat call beforehand... And oftentimes a debrief, and like, <laughs> we're all you know. Again, we're all on Discord. We've got Team A, Team B, and then General. So usually everybody will stay in their partners right after the game, and then we'll all converge in General. And there's multiple times where it's like, yeah, I had to like have it out with my with Brian because <laughs> he had no siege tanks to help me out. Like, where were the siege tanks? 
He went uh, Zergling Rush again, and that's not what we agreed upon. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure what the fuck was going on. Was, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna rush here, and then they're like, "All right, how's that rush going?" I'm like, ah, "I'm playing defensive." They're like, "Blair, you literally just said you were gonna rush. Like, what are you doing right now?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my head's not on straight right now." And it cost us the game, you know. Can't can't be having slip ups. <laughs> uh I hear that. I like in Apex Legends zip lined across a thing in the middle of a fight and uh there was definitely a point afterwards where my friend was like So what were you doing zip lining? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I thought it was gonna be helpful. Oh god. And it's we like keep it. Sorry, go no. for it. No, 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 go ahead. Well, it's just like, it's like you made a split second decision in like a five second interaction that felt like it was a 30 second interaction. Yeah, <laughs> but right. then you're like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> About half right. my friends from college uh, play games, but I, I would say we're sort of like geared towards the folks who don't really play games because we have to convince them to have like a certain number mm. of folks. We've been playing a lot of Overwatch and, mm. um, we try to keep it very positive and not like, you know, be mean to each other because it, we're just playing casual and having fun and stuff like that. But last time I, my friend goes, uh, Alex, you have to stop bombing. You have to stop diving every time you do that. And then for the rest of the session, we played for another two hours. We would just be making fun of him the entire time. Constructive feedback at all. It's like, that you have to stop doing that like uh, it was it but you, I, I don't know like the super competitive thing is just not that's not what i it's been documented a lot on this podcast that's not what i come to video games for mm -hmm. like, to sort of be it's it's not my it's not where i, I find the alternative to sports for myself it's some, mm. something different for me that's interesting. but i love the competitive energy yeah i mean that's why our StarCraft League is as competitive as it is because, well, two out of the four guys do, you know, they're, they're both their exercise and their competitive outlet was basketball. Um, that's a little hard to do right now. So all of that energy has been poured into <laughs> our StarCraft League. And like, I'm not particularly competitive myself and, you know, I, I'm treating it really primarily for laughs, but like at this point, after a year, it's almost impossible not to get emotionally wrapped up uh, oh, yeah. in, in yeah. the league. Uh, so <laughs> it is definitely turned, <laughs> definitely turned pretty genuinely uh, competitive, which is fun. And you know, everybody's taking it with uh, taking it in stride, and ultimately not super serious. But it is great to, you know, things get heated. And really, if you win, if you win. On Wednesday, you just buy shit-talking rights for the next six days, which is really what it's all about. We Our Discord is, <laughs> is just littered with us smack-talking, and it's great. Well, Blair, um, I'd love to, what are some of the other top games that uh, we, we can touch on um, over the next chunk of time? Because I, I want to – we talked a lot about uh, you know competitive gaming and stuff like mm -hmm. that. What are the other things – you know, for, for you, either your lineage or like all time tops. Yes. Uh, well, I think a, an important part of my of my lineage that play into my all time tops that were, you know, touched on with WoW, but ultimately that's an MMO, which is different. But I love a good RPG. And, you know, part mm. of that, I think, is derived from 
the adventure. I, I love the puzzle and adventure of Legend of Zelda, and I love puzzles in general. I won't go down this hole, but Portal One and Two are absolutely magical games. Oh, hell yeah! Um, yeah, and I mean we can go down that hole. Like Portal Two is just <laughs> Portal 2 incredible. Is great. Like that's I, it's almost like go down. Yeah, I did do the co-op, and that that's got to be the coolest co-op I think I've ever played. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's so good. It's so satisfying. There's the one puzzle where you there's a platform in the middle and you know you use the momentum to launch but it keeps launching you over it and what you have to do is you have to do this string of like three to four portals executed properly your partner has to do it at the same time so that when you get launched over the platform you hit each other in midair and then fall down and i was just like that is the coolest thing like solving (laughs) that is like the most sad (laughs) one of the most satisfying moments i've probably had in a game i was like that is so awesome it's also the like it's so great because you like spend you can spend so much time thinking about it and then like this once you get to the solution you're like that's an obvious solution like it's like it's like how could i have never done known that and it's like immediately and then and then you walk into the next level and you're like you have that experience all over again right and it's Mm -hmm. just oh it's a so great what a wonderful wonderful game and like yeah those puzzles are just like such incredible level craft. Just like oh, like somebody yeah. somebody spent so much time making sure each and every one of those levels was like beautiful, and they did it in like I've been doing like chess puzzles lately, and chess puzzles are very cool and fun. Um, but like Portal, they invented like a brand new style of moving through a place. Right. And like Mm -hmm. then to do it in duos is like, not only did they invent this like new mechanic, right? Like this, like new, you know, but then they also were able to figure out how to make it like so fun. And then like the actual game itself, like as you move through the narrative space is like, Mm so fun it's, it's just so funny great. it's so twisted like in the co-op campaign i'm pretty sure you're like dropping bombs on people and like wiping like mass amounts of data and stuff and it's all like in the background because glad oh, yeah. is naturally uh taking advantage of a peabody and uh, i'm forgetting the other one's name but yeah it really really great stuff uh that that portal both of them i you know i view them as a unit they're both just so yeah. so special but uh, you know back to my original point is you know rpgs being another really core uh component of you know my gaming diet right now i haven't finished it but i have a sneaking suspicion once i play all the way through fallout new vegas it will probably mm. be my favorite rpg um and a lot of that has to do with the narrative and i i, ha- I haven't even really been super keen or experienced a whole lot of branching narrative. And I, you know, I come from a film TV comic background, so I'm very attached both as, as a writer and as a consumer to more linear style. And not necessarily like I'm cool with like a non-chronological, but linear in the sense where like you are being told a story. Yeah. There's a path. You're on, you're, you're on the rails. Yes. Um, and I think the the writing in, in Fallout New Vegas is so great. And, like, you really have to weigh... Not only is the dialogue good and engaging, you really, like... When I get to a thing, when I get five dialogue choices spat at me, I read them and I'm like... They do such a good job of baking an impact of those decisions that, like, you can't, you know, just click through and keep going. You're like, this is going to significantly alter 
the rest of my game. So like, I need to be smart about this. And I, in those types of situations, I'm an agent of chaos. So I usually like to get as much information as I possibly can. And then pretty much just screw everything up to the maximum <laughs> uh, amount that I possibly can. So I think, have you guys played New Vegas at all? No, I no. haven't. Okay. No. I haven't well, played no. any of the Fallout games. I've heard they're incredible. I and I I didn't finish 3. I liked 3, but I think there's something special with New Vegas. I could be wrong. I think off the top of my head, it was actually written by the same developers that did Fallout 1 and 2, and then mm. 3 and 4 were you know, pro- I could be wrong. I'd have to look this up, but I think produced by Bethesda and New Vegas was um, Obsidian, which again did the original. So it has a, mm-hmm. it's it, you know it's very similar. And it's a similar world. It actually mechanically pretty identical to three, but the writing just has so, there's something there that's a little more engaging and exciting uh, mm. for me, and it really is firing on all cylinders. Um, and along with Fallout, you know, I know Cyberpunk's getting a lot of heat right now, but I do mm. think Witcher Three is a really special uh, game oh, and like, yeah. yeah i like cyberpunk i we that's a whole that's a whole conversation in of itself i think unfortunately the release was botched they needed so much more time than they gave themselves they spat something out that is far from finished but for me the core of cyberpunk is is really cool i've got about 45 or 50 hours in it and like um i think once they get it to a point once they like finish their original intent with that game i think it's going to be really really special it's just very obvious they were not able to get to the finish line that they wanted to which is really sad yeah well they bit off more than they could chew and then totally they you know like people just kept fucking being obnoxious people on the internet right like everyone was just like make this thing make this thing and you know they felt that pressure. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a really nasty combination of overpromising and mm-hmm. the hype train just becoming something so impossible to deliver on. I right. think you know they 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 goofed up. They're not totally blameless, and I do think the internet blew lots of it a bit out of proportion. Just I wasn't offended by the state of the game as like well, no, I wasn't. It was just, it really, it was just sad. I was like, damn, I was excited about this. Yeah. Uh, And there's so much cool stuff here. It's not firing on all cylinders. And everybody's just mad about it. And it was (laughs) a thing, like, in the industry, it was one of those things. It was like that, you know what it reminded me of? It was like the end of Game of Thrones, where everyone was so collectively disappointed. And it it had been talked to death. You're just like, I can't have this conversation again. I think we all kind of agree, but, like. Well, and also, I mean, the echo chamber becomes such that it's like you're not even really allowed to have a a gray area opinion about Mm -hmm. these like really hot buttony kind of like it's just like anyone who says that they like cyberpunk, like everybody just sort of goes like, but do you really like Cyberpunk? And then they have to couch it right like like your opinion's not really allowed to exist in your own headspace. You know, mm-hmm. for these hot buttony things, and as somebody who plays video games, who likes to play games like a year at, like a year or two, mm-hmm. like when they've gotten a little cheaper, and it's just like, like nothing about most games gets worse by my experience playing it two to three years later, right? Like unless it's right, like yeah, totally. a very popular, you know, like 
online game and then everybody's abandoned it. Um, mm -hmm. But like, you know, as somebody who just like, I probably played Skyrim like two years after, right? And I just got to right, sit there yeah. and be like, oh, this looks like a cool game and then play it and it was a cool game and they had gotten rid of all the bugs already. Like, I wonder if I will ever actually play Cyberpunk, right? Like if, if I would have to wait until somebody's like, oh, they fixed Cyberpunk. But until oh, man. it's going to happen, though, like, I, I mean, what, it it's been like a year or two, you know, like, until was, it's gonna yeah, up like, I, I'm, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for that, too. And I'll probably replay it, you know, and I, I hope they do flesh it out to the to the point that they wanted to just, you know, for the devs. I was like, you have so much cool ideas, so many cool ideas mm -hmm. in here. I know you didn't get a fill. So, like, I feel for you on that. And I again, once they're able to do that, hopefully they're given the opportunity to do that. I think it'll be really cool and absolutely uh, worth playing. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to. I want to hit on any other things, sort of rapid fire, right now before we segue into the game conversation. Yes. Rapid fire. Because I know Just, you were a Breath of the Wild freak. Oh. Oh God. Close to three hundred hours. I'm still trying yeah. to hunt. Uh, I'm at one twelve. I'm trying not to use any guides to find the last couple shrines, and it is proving very difficult. <laughs> right. Now. We just had a guest who had hundred percent of it, didn't we? Didn't Liz? Mop yeah, and mm -hmm. Do they get all the 900 Korok seeds as well? Yeah, I don't know. Respect, respect <laughs> for that. Oh my goodness. Um, huge breath. I mean, pretty much any Zelda game. Uh, my favorites being, I might actually have to give the edge to Majora's. I haven't played it as much as Ocarina, but when I beat that for the first time, I was like, that is really unlike anything I've ever played. And I know the like time and the three day thing could be a turnoff and it was really weird. I wound up really, really liking it. Um, let's see other rapid fire. Oh, Oh, I, here's a really random one, but it is top five, probably top three game of all time for me. Uh, Alex, I don't know if we've talked about this heroes of might and magic three. Oh yeah, yeah. What a good game! I have that was one that like me again. Mark across the street, very good friend. I'm glad we're still buds. Uh, we would play that all the time, and I, I introduced it to my college roommate. And there were so many nights. You know, it's just all you need is a mouse. So we'd just sit at his desk, and it's so mentally stimulating. It's one of those games where time just melts and there uh -huh. were multiple mornings where it would be like past five and we're like i'm not tired but we should go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> really and then you lie time. down and you can't fall asleep for an hour and you're just like no, racking your brain about your turn. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> well you you lie down dragons. you lie down and then suddenly it's like you wake up and it's two in the afternoon you know what I mean? You didn't realize how tired you were until like you hit the bed and then you just, your body just yeah. shuts down immediately. So have to give heroes a shout out. Um, trying to think any other, Oh, it, you know, another one I will just owe a lot uh, to in, in regards to my gaming is, is Halo. I love Halo one yeah, two, sure. and three. That was another one, probably one of the few games. I wouldn't even say I got competitive, but I played online enough to, yeah, I guess I was a little a little competitive. Just I don't play a whole lot of online multiplayer, and I definitely played the shit out of Halo Three and Halo Reach, especially in high school. And then the one other 
FPS I'll give proper shouts to are the newest Doom games, the 2016 and Doom Eternal. Are Those are just fun, stupid really games. Fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like excessively uh, the, the power violent. fantasy is, is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's running around as Doom guy. Is there <laughs> rather it's really good. And you know, mechanically it's it's really fucking awesome, especially Eternal. They've got the dash, they've got, you know, the hook shot for all intents and purposes. You love a good hook shot. And one <laughs> small bonus of praise I would give them is um you know, I've been going through on Eternal and trying to get all the secrets, and it's very vertical and and much more puzzly than I think it's mm. you would initially assume out of those games. Is is if you want to dig into some of that other stuff, and it's just really rewarding to kind of be like, okay, I see a secret on my mini map. How the fuck do I get there? And then you're like, mm. oh, can I jump on this? Oh, cool, I can like walk along this catwalk and like jump to this thing. It's very, it's kind of. Uh, half-life or valve in that sense where you're like is you know is this where i'm supposed to be going and it's like oh it totally is but it feels so organic to the level it's really like rewarding on a design on a design front that's cool as opposed to witcher where you're like no i'm definitely not allowed to be going here (laughs) like you're really (laughs) not encouraged to move through that space in the same way we've been playing um uh this game deep rock galactic which alex did you uh which is super fun and um it's uh, a game where the the levels are randomly generated, but like mm-hmm. you're encouraged to move. Like you can, the space is all malleable, right? Like you're smashing right. rocks and you can climb in these crazy ways. So like the levels aren't necessarily designed for you, but the way you're you're able to move through the space is so satisfying because you're like mm-hmm. you can you can kind of there's no space that's like restricted from you right like your your restrictions are what you kind of do with the space right um where like you know i was playing that and then like went back to witcher for a second and was like oh Mm -hmm. i just want to jump up these mountains real quick it's like what the fuck do you mean i can't jump up these mountains real quick (laughs) what is that that's when you got to pick up breath of the wild because that's that's what they that's what they solved you know is that feeling of just like complete malleability in like the i mean i haven't I really haven't played many Zelda games. I played uh, Ocarina of Time, but Breath of the Wild looks incredible. And it's maybe really... someday when Switches are available to human yeah, beings, right. I can, oh I can uh, pick it up. All all I want out of Breath of the Wild 2 is like the same absolute glory that is that overworld and then like big boy proper Zelda dungeons. Like that will mm. that will be the perfect Zelda game. Like <laughs> I just uh <laughs> That was the only thing I was missing. And, you know, I understand. And, I, you know, something I really respect about Nintendo is that for their AAA titles, they will always do something really unexpected and really new. And their batting average is pretty goddamn good yeah, that's incredible. on those as well, which is just impressive. But I always, even for stuff I'm not as, like, crazy about, I still just respect them taking that swing. And I appreciated that they really tried to shake up the usual zelda uh formula as as much of a sucker for that formula that i am uh it's great that they're they're still able to just pump new exciting stuff into their games especially for you know they just hit their 35 year or whatever which Mm -hmm. is nuts wild if they if they put i don't even need the big boy dungeons i just want a more lived in world with more people you know like that's Mm -hmm. all i'm looking for like more little weird side quests that totally 
you know, are related to like characters or building relationships or something like that. And just like, you know, generally more, I, I get that this was a world in which had been ruined and mm-hmm. was inhospitable to people. But if you got that and then everything else, like, oh, wow, what a game that will be. Yeah. And, you know, Alex, that's a good point because that's part of what I missed about yeah, right. Miss from the dungeons too is like, especially in Ocarina, like there is a little mini narrative around each dungeon and those are rewarding in and of itself and you know mm-hmm. there were kind of some baked into the uh the ancient uh you know whatever the ancient machines or whatever they were called in breath of the wild but you know they didn't feel as intrinsically linked and they were kind of yeah, yeah it wasn't just quite as satisfying or, or as engaging you know like the spirit temple where you like go visit it as a kid and then you go mm-hmm. back and you see those characters mm-hmm. age like that stuff is so cool and then on a puzzle level doing just the time of it all is just like, God, that is such good design. God, the whole point in that game specifically is like, it's like you are, you've already lost. Like it's about mm-hmm. what you've lost, not about what you're in now. And all you're trying to do is reclaim what there was. So you can explore this like vast world, but part of it is like thinking about what would this look like back then? You know, what was it like before? You know, how, how has it changed? How is it different? Um, so there's just like this deep sadness baked into that game mm-hmm. that is like so cool and so strange. Um, and I wonder what that game looks like without that, where you get to just like explore and see everything how it is, you, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like come across too bad. Like, can they make the mechanic of like sort of the random monster encounters like happen between like, you know, guards fighting monsters, like two different sides where you can take a side and then like interact mm-hmm. that way, you know, like, I, I don't know. I'm pumped. I, I think it's going to be really cool. And like you said, they don't ship broken games, so they're not going to no, fall. Yeah, that's not going to be an the issue. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, eventually we'll get Metroid, which I'm excited for. <laughs> Someday. Oh, yeah. I bet that'll just drop without us even realizing. Like the, Nintendo will like, do that. Just be like, yeah. by the way, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> been so, and I respect their mumness. And I think part of that is to avoid a cyberpunk scenario where it's okay. like, we're not going to overpromise. We're not going to you know, piss every, and I don't think people should have been pissed, but we're not going to piss everybody off by announcing a release date and then moving it. Cause we're just not going to do that until we know it's ready. And I think their kind of MO is like silence. Maybe for the really big stuff, they'll just be like, like they have with Metro and breath of the wild. Like mm-hmm. we're working on this. That's all we're going to tell you. And then three, four Holy. months out for release, bam, here it is. It's coming out. No shenanigans. And well, the, it, the it is sort of, it's just funny too, just the idea of like, them being like we don't owe you anything like, well they're nintendo gonna, yeah. yeah i mean it's you're like they can, do, <laughs> they can do whatever Definitely they want buy we're never gonna drop it from 60 dollars because you will buy it at 60 dollars for the entire <laughs> lifespan and beyond of our console like oh yeah well I'm yeah excited, you, I, you got me <laughs> i'm excited to play mario odyssey at some point i'm, I'm gonna pick that up i, n- I never have but uh, it's been oh, long it's great now. yeah it's it looks great. really fun it's fun played three games this week as always the first game we played was receiver from Wolfire games a shooter simulation a difficult procedural generated roguelike um a receiver was created for the seven day fps challenge to explore gun handling mechanics randomized levels and unordered storytelling armed only with a handgun and an audio cassette player you must uncover the secrets of the mind kill in a building complex infested with automated turrets and hovering shock drones um this game is uh a little wild uh another yeah. like kind of interesting one to play if nothing else this game made, reminded me that like if i was ever in an actual 
gunfighting scenario, I would die instantly. Oh, right? immediately. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I feel like every other video game with, like, every other first-person shooter is a game to trick you into thinking that, like, you would actually be really good at, like, yeah, fighting. Right. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> like, join the army. Like, they're all weird, like you know propaganda tools for the military and so <laughs> like this game is the opposite of that this game reminds oh, totally. you <laughs> like I... I suck with scissors like i'm barely good at like cutting <laughs> paper you know in a straight line uh, I, I booted it up earlier today just to I played it a bit ago reacquaint myself with it and like i well a immediately got waxed multiple times but b oh, i was like okay I think I'm ready here. Let's, you know, pull my gun up. And then I clicked and like, it didn't shoot. And one of the little flyer guys got me. I was like, oh, dang. Like, I probably forgot to cock the hammer or like just one of those uh -huh. things, which is just like further to your point where like, if I was given a gun and immediately put in a life or death situation, there is a nine out of 10 chance I would get immediately annihilated because. Fucking uh, forget about it. Yeah. I found this game so aggravating and like not in a fun way like just a i just bit, yeah like there was i feel like i started with a flashlight and i had a flashlight that just was like mowed down by some sort of a turret and then like started up and i had a gun but like it wasn't loaded and i went to the help screen to figure out how to it was just like it 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 felt like the start case scenarios were also randomized i i don't yeah, know if yeah and like and heavily I, actually, randomized. I, I really i really like that about it to be totally honest uh, because it, i'm you know th this is the thing about a game like this this is a game jam game first of all so you have to like you know take at least some of your annoyance off of it and be like they made this in like a certain time frame to try to accomplish a certain set of goals and the fact that it was specifically around gun handling makes a lot of sense to me because that felt like a way in which like realistic gun handling was something in which this like and kind of excelled it was frustrating totally. but i'm not going to play this past a couple of instances so to keep it interesting by changing every time that engages me in a different sort of way so so maybe i'm not necessarily going to get better at it but i am going to have a different sort of start case which makes every run through even a little more different mm -hmm. which i kind of appreciate it but i, yeah, wonder... I did notice they had a couple different gun types and you know i think yeah. something i i did really enjoy uh alice to speak to your point about its purpose was like once i kind of figured out uh the extent of which you needed to manually mm -hmm. uh maneuver around the gun um there was a couple times where i kind of got it's a little rhythmic where it's like mm. you know there are three or four buttons where it's like all right cock it drop the drop the clip load it put it back in cock, like i did that i felt like pretty smoothly a couple times i was like damn that felt pretty cool because it's it's yeah. the exact opposite of a press r to reload it's right, like that's yeah. the first step in a pretty in-depth sequence of reloading uh this gun uh and which... then to to shoot it you have to manually aim down the like sight down the barrel you know like yeah there's no it's not helping you and it's one hit kills for all the bad guys in the game yeah. so if, they, if they hit you one time you're fucking they they drop you you know um i yeah you, you I, die a lot is there i don't i guess the fundamental question the game asks is like do you want really hands-on like gun operating mechanics and uh 
my answer is no. Like I'm like <laughs> you took like you took all of the the you took all the things that people uh take away in order to make a experience more fun and you put them like immediately back into this thing and the experience for me is just like mass mass aggravation i didn't even find a cassette like i didn't get to hear I, any of the like story i heard i heard like five or six of them oh man okay. i was gonna say so i think eric what would have definitely i think it was a little frustrating as is i think what would have really helped round it out was like it was really hard i mean even if they bumped you up to like two or three hp as opposed to one mm. i think that would have mm. at least helped you kind of navigate the procedurally general you know just at least you feel like you could make a little bit of progress or not again just immediately die and start over and then i think what's interesting is is eric up until this morning i didn't see a single tape and the only tape i found was because it spawned right in front of me at the start of the game. And I right. feel like um, if there was a little more density to those tapes, I would have felt like there was some sort of progression that would have kept me coming back to play, you know, repeat lives. But with for going for an extended period of time without making any progress outside of getting slightly better at the controls. It just didn't really motivate me to keep looking for the tapes, especially because I literally had not found one. There were like runs where I feel like I was doing well. I took out like five or six guys and I survived yeah. for six or seven minutes. I was like, all right, where's there's 11, there's 12 of these. Like where, where are the damn tapes? <laughs> like, oh God. Uh, so that, that's kind of what I think would have made it a little more engaging for me. It's just slightly less punishing and just a little bit more, reward for surviving the really difficult encounters i i had this i had sort of the opposite experience of like i delighted in how hard it was just because it was i, I was like I, i've never played a game where you have to sort of free handle a gun like this quite as much and like get into the rhythm of it and there was one thing i walked into a room and i saw there were two flying drones so i instantly walked back in and like hit around the corner went in pop one of the drones like saw the other one and as i was shooting that one i saw another one kind of come across so i was like oh shit so i popped over i'm like damn there's three in there go back around pop the one go to the corner to like pop the other one and then get hit from behind by a fourth one you know <laughs> so i'm like there's fucking four in this room that's incredible <laughs> like you know like just to, um the, the only thing I, the the one thing i'll say about the tape uh procedural element is like to find them all that's how you complete the game but if you keep on finding them, the audio, at least from I could tell, will not repeat. So you, you can hear the whole story without trying to find all every 12 in one go. In one go, yeah. You Understood. can hear the whole thing. So I got it past a certain point. I was like, okay, this is cool. I sort of get a little bit of it. Like, it's really focused on the gun handling, though. And I thought that was pretty cool. What's um, the what's what, the story? What's the story that the tapes are telling? It's just talking about you're like this you're something called a receiver and I, the person who's saying on the receiver is a tape too. And the world has been poisoned through its media to not be as open to, re or to be more receptive to receivers who can then control your mind and kill you. It's there's, it's, it's, it's very Philip K. Dick. Yeah. That's very Philip K. Dick. Or the, it's that's the giver, right? <laughs> the giver. And then the, the well, receiver. That's get, the... We're going to talk, we're going to talk about givers in a little bit uh, for the <laughs> dragon game, but uh, <laughs> final, final thoughts on receiver. Uh, are you guys uh pass or a play? I personally am a play on this one. Uh, it's a game jam game. Pick it up. It's got some cool gun handling mechanics. You'll play with it for a half hour unless it really uh, grabs you and then you can move on with your life. But it's, it does a cool little thing and I enjoyed it. Uh, Blair, what do you think? 
I think overall it's going to be a pass for me, but I do really respect how deep they drilled with the gun handling mechanics. And if that uh, tickles your fancy, I would, uh, you know, recommend, you know, if you're a gun enthusiast, I think there's a lot to appreciate there. And it's a cool kind of sim in that in that sense. Uh, I'm a absolute pass. I think that this is a waste of time. I like just it's a game jam game. You spent seven days working on it and uh, trying to work on a mechanic that I think maybe you'll be able to they'll be able to figure out how to use to, like and be entertaining in that way. But I it's just I, I'm sorry. Like it's just like a don't don't like you know I like clean under your fingernails. Like there's something you do can you do. Feel like you do you get annoyed? Do you get more annoyed when I say about how you should play it? And is that why you double down like even harder yes. about not? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> well, I think I mean I, part of it. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Camille about this, and like part of it is getting frustrated at the task of playing so many of these games, right? And just being like, wait, why would I? Why do I spend? You know. Why should I spend my time on a game jam game? Right. You know what I mean? Like, just like, why, what about, uh, you know, like in this, in this process of like doing these games, right. And in, in a thing where like rogue, like some of these games, we're about to talk about two games that I think are very interesting games and they, and why would I give this game my, t like more than mm -hmm. 10 seconds of my time when like, you know, also in this bundle are like games that people poured, you know, hours and hours and hours and totally. months and years of their time into like, this is just a waste of time game. Don't play it. They never should have put it in the bundle. That's how I feel. Like it just, <laughs> I just like, totally. I don't know that people should share their drafts. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, totally. there's, there's too much stuff in the world. And I think that like, it's really nice that the itch.io community is so accepting and it's a community of uh, designers who are like, yes, you know, you really, you like, I can see why you did this here. And, and, but my experience is like, I actually have things that I want to do with my time. And so I, you like, you spent seven days on a thing. I don't find it entertaining. I'm not going to go out of my way in order to, uh, find the like little hidden gems of what makes this. So, but yeah, so especially if we were all shitting on it, I would not be as, <laughs> as harsh but I, but you know i gotta be the yang to your yin hey i got it baby well next game i think is is one that uh we will enjoy talking about roguecraft squadron uh by joseph and pat and soft sound joseph and pat produced another game uh on the bundle oh i yeah. remember salvage solitude and it was this yeah. the game we we reviewed that game and it was like this is kind of buggy and dumb and, and they were like well i have this game roguecraft in there i hope you guys play that yeah, hopefully you'll like it more because that's a little <laughs> bit more, you know, an actual game and not just sort of an idea. Um, and this is that, as promised, Joseph and Pat was not lying. Uh, this is a real-time strategy, roguelike space game. Uh, the description, Roguecraft Squadron is a fast-paced real-time strategy space adventure with roguelike elements. Plays a squadron commander fighting against the hostile alien raids, collecting resources, researching new ships, and building an armada as you fight to survive against overwhelming odds. Um, Blair, I'm so glad we had this game on uh the week we have like a true starcraft player uh what did you think of roguecraft squadron um i liked i liked roguecraft squadron and what rts's are always so daunting to sit down oh, and yeah. play what i appreciated about this one was I, I could i almost was able to carry over keyboard shortcuts from mm. starcraft 
into this. I mean, I think control grouping was the same, you know, control one, two, three, four, five, six, three, zero. Um, there, a lot of mechanics were were familiar and not just to Starcraft, but for the genre as a whole that you could put it into context within the game. And then the game itself put a nice little spin on it. I think something that was uh, unique to Roguecraft was, you know, you're you're in the void uh, of space. So where in Age of Empires or Starcraft, your buildings are stationary, um, having your kind of unit production and home base being as mobile as they are in, mm-hmm. in Roguecraft was really yeah. was a really interesting uh, kind of spin on the usual shtick. I, I liked that the, um, you know, there was kind of, I just did a uh, one or two of the uh, kind of just random skirmishes. Like 1v1. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they have the resource pockets that kind of navigate mm-hmm. the map. So there's a little bit of geography and strategy there. I actually wound up winning my first game. So I'd actually like to go back and play some of the harder harder ais just to see you know what a good what a good roguecraft person could be because i actually like like the description says it is i think probably faster paced than starcraft in a lot of rts's uh Mm. both due to i mean again due to mobile mobile unit production buildings or ships in the case of this game um just the amount of the the way the queue is set up and this the turnaround is really fast as well as the like research uh element the way that you unlock more buildings ships or ships and and offensive ships all of that's really fast and i realized like oh all my resources are are kind of maxed at any given time so like i'm fucking up i need to be build i need to be building stuff way more um aggressively and uh yeah i think the pace is is really interesting and, and makes it stand out what was uh what was your guys experience with it oh yeah i mean like so like I said, I haven't really played a real-time strategy game since like Command and Conquer for PlayStation, right? Like, oh, so yeah. so this was so I was so happy. I mean, like we've played a couple kind of you know similar resource management e games, but we haven't played like a you know like Warcraft or Starcraft you know kind of. I mean, like this this game is in that sandbox very much so, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> I was so, I I mean, I I was so sad that like we've tasked ourselves with like playing this game at like where I have to give my opinion of this game and of receiver in the same, like, it's like where I felt like I have to spend time playing receiver when I should be playing Roadcraft, right? Like, like Mm -hmm. this game is so fun. It's so tactically satisfying. And uh, my experience was like, load it up, go like, oh man, I'm going to have to learn like so many rules and I'm going to have to like, you know, like learn Mm -hmm. what ships do what. And then like playing it, it's just like, it it makes sense. It's very tactically satisfying that it looks really good. It like looks Mm -hmm. like I love the um, perspective of the planets and stars that are in Mm -hmm. your background, but not immediately in your, like, like that Mm -hmm. there's this like, perspective that's uh created over it um the idea that like yeah you can like all of those games are sort of defined by yeah the fact that your bases are immobile right like you're you have to make a decision about where you're going to put these bases and because this doesn't have that it doesn't have that like uh stressing over like where is a strategically sound base. like even as we're talking about it right now i'm like 
oh, what if I played a game where like I just decided to like my base just like move my base all the time like bring my base to the opponent's base and then like launch an attack from there like that that's like in my brain i'm like this is a cool idea like i feel like this game is a fully realized game um and it's cool i it's this is a cool 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 game mm-hmm. uh what about you alex I liked it a lot. It was very cool. Um, I'm not a, a huge real-time strategy guy. I think part of it is that like I really love uh, hoarding resources and like grinding and building stuff up, you know. And uh-huh. a game like this encourages you not to do that. And in fact, Blair, one of the things you said about it was like, you know, it, you're maxed out resources a lot. Like the crew thing doesn't seem to matter at all. I couldn't ever produce like a meaningful amount of. Uh, ships to have crew be an issue mm-hmm. you know so uh the 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 minerals or the the salvaging was much more um crucial but i kind of had this thing i, f- I figured out i played through maybe like two of the campaigns uh mm. i like them quite a bit uh i feel like i didn't get a chance to get super deep into it but also this isn't the kind of game that i necessarily love playing that much so right. for me personally like i i, I like this a lot i thought it was really cool um uh, and like, as a full game, it felt a little skinny in some ways, but not in a way that felt like offensive or like mm-hmm. weird. It was just like, oh, there's some depth to this as you keep on going, but it felt like kind of a, a tough hill to climb for this specific week, if that makes sense. Like, no, totally. Really, like, I mean, I think with all into it under some of the systems. Yeah, I think RTSs in general, like. Uh... Some days your your brain's with it. I mean, they they are they're very mentally demanding, and that's something mm-hmm. I both love and sometimes don't love about it. Because like, mm-hmm. again, no, you know, not to keep harping on StarCraft, but like, you know, if I'm in the mood for it, great, and I can like really lock in. And you know, it's like with a first person shooter, it's all it's so fast. You did require focus, and the thing with RTSs is, is the added like multitasking and tracking of like totally. so many different things. Um, and when you, either you get overwhelmed or you, you you space and you just start fucking up or you're just your head's just not there. I think something I did appreciate about this was it was, it was a little parsed down. I didn't feel I wasn't super worried about the complete overwhelmed nature that I do sometimes in the middle of a Starcraft or a mm-hmm. War, Warcraft game. Uh, I'm curious about the campaign. Is, was it is there, it looked like there was a little like narrative attached and how does like the rogue like uh play into the campaign or is that more of a descriptor for the skirmish style play you know i'm not i'm not sure i didn't get the sense that it was really roguelike at all so i i uh th- there might be an element to it that like i'm missing there or something i didn't really get into uh, yeah i don't they, i feel like they people... applied the monk here of roguelike like incorrectly to this. I th- yeah right. I th- or i feel like it's like it just means like that's randomized spaces which i feel like sure. was always kind of the case for like skirmishes in uh you know command and conquer or whatever right like right. that but i think i feel like roguelike has become this kind of like uh catch phrase or like this like yeah. it's like a, it's a you know it's a buzzword to a degree that may or yeah. may not apply in, in in all cases but yeah no i was just curious if that came in came in in another 
in another uh, part of the game that I didn't get to experience. No, the, one of the things that I thought was interesting, like th- this is a full game and you can pick it up and like have some fun with it. And uh, I feel like skinny Starcraft is kind of maybe a fair approximation. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight that at all. Again, like I was literally able to sit down and start using keyboard shortcuts yeah, that exactly. I had programmed into me from Starcraft. I was like, I wonder if this <laughs> works. I'm like, ha ha. Yes. That is how I make a control group. Wonderful. Oh, if I double click <laughs> this, is this going to jump to that part on the screen? Double click. Yes it does all right i'm familiar i'm familiar with parts of this yeah for me personally i think something like this is so cool to see that like oh man they made like their own version of this and there's so many elements that work very very well so that even if for me personally i'm like it's not really my favorite kind of game or it's not something i get a, a lot of joy from i'm still like this is amazing that like this is kind of the power of like the bundle to, to see a game like this a fully formed game that like just someone made that like works as well as this did, I think is like something to celebrate. It's so, so cool. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. I, uh, did you see Dinah, the space cat? There's yeah, I didn't get that far. <laughs> so, like, there's just also sort of like space debris, debris flying around. And like one of those things is like Dinah, the space cat. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, cool you can't really it's... do anything with Dinah, the space cat, but she's there. That's fun. I mean, it's art style. It just, cartoony is a strong word for the aesthetic but not not cartoony i think that fits like the tone and vibe they were they were going for i mean the sprites had kind of like a slightly higher res snes vibe going uh, which was fun and i i think some of the menus had some kind of funny like anime style things i appreciated a little a little bit of that kind of humor in there as well just to kind of make it stand out uh so final thoughts uh uh, Eric, why don't we start with you? Uh, this is a it's a very fun real time strategy. It, uh, the it does it's not it's it's a little overwhelming up top, but I would say that their training um, is great, right? And and we've mm-hmm. played a few games that have um, kind of missed the have either you know just like can't figure out the right balance of like how much game they want to give you up top versus how much they want to tell you up top. Mm-hmm. And I would say yeah. that like this game, uh, it, it, you know, holds your hand just enough to get you into it. If you played this type of game before, like you Blair, like it's, it's an easy, you can, an easy door to sort of like walk into, but even if you haven't, um, this is kind of might be a great entry point for like real time strategy games. If those just generally are feeling a little, if, if, Right, like the idea for like if I wanted to get into StarCraft right now, I feel like it would be really daunting because it's just like it's like there's so much, right? And there's so many people who have been playing it yeah. for such a long time. Like, uh, whereas this game, it's it's like it's skinny Star StarCraft. That's like great. I think like that's perfect. And there might also like I could see a world where this game is a like you know, kind of one of those niche high level competitive games. Right. Because I do think that there's, there's the capacity for this game to have like, you know, multiplayer, like interesting strategy things going on. And I think it, it's a very, totally. very well done game. This, this game is super rad. Uh, I, I also, you know, would be totally down uh, to have this game designer on the podcast at some point in the future. So if you're listening to it right now, uh, reach out to us. I, I, <laughs> I want to talk to you, especially since we played a game that was less good that you designed, right? Like, and so I'm, I'm interested in, in, uh, yeah. in their perspective. This is a play. 
hundred percent. Uh, what about you, Blair? Uh, definitely a play. I mean, as, as well documented, I'm a big old RTS nerd and, you know, I think this is a really approachable new and again, really fast take on it. And I think it's got, um, enough differentiators like the mobile, the mobile base and really the amount and speed in which you can, uh, generate units, just give it its own, um, unique, uh, feel within, within the RTS, uh, landscape, um and yeah i I, this is a game i could see myself you know continuing to kind of drill drill a little deeper on you know i definitely felt like i had some unfinished business with it after you know playing it for the purposes of uh this podcast um and i definitely am curious about checking out checking out the campaign and i don't know maybe get my ass kicked by somebody online or play play against (laughs) i think a you know player versus player could be really really interesting uh yeah game one so, of the things I want, I would love to do is um, uh, the week that this episode comes out, let's uh, stream something on Twitch. We're, I think at that point we'll have done a little bit more. Let's play like on that Thursday or something, do a multiplayer match against each other, and we can. Uh, oh, that'd be fun. Love just, like, that. That'd be great. Yeah. Blair just whoop the shit out of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you have Blair, so many so fighters? <laughs> <laughs> um. So my thoughts on this game, I uh, really enjoyed it. I think it's really cool. Um. There are so many games in the bundle where you pick it up and it's sort of like, this feels like it could be an example of like, see, maybe if you hired me or if I had more time on it or like, you know, I could do I could make this a really cool game, you know, like something for like your resume where it's like, look at what this thing is that I can make, you know, uh, without like all the resources available. Like you should want to work with me. Like this is an example. This is like the best version of that I can possibly imagine because Mm -hmm. With a smaller budget, you know, these two people have made a game that stands on its own compared to so many things. It's not a game jam game. It's a fully formed game that people could, like, put in the center and, like, have a lot of fun with right out the gate. Like, if I was someone who designed games and came across this versus, like, some of the other stuff we've played, I'd be like, oh, this is fucking cool. Like, I wonder what this person could make as, like, a fully formed, like, really realized, like, game with, like, a true budget kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like the best testament for it. Like, uh, this is the kind of game that I, and this week specifically is like an example of what I was hoping we would get out of the bundle. And we've played mm. some games along the way that are like kind of stinkers and like aren't great. And I, 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 as a person, don't love saying that about games in general. And it's very rare that you'll find me be like, actually, you can really, really skip this one because it's offensive or bad. But this is an example of something that's neither offensive nor bad and actually very, very good and an example of like a fully formed idea and like just a great indie game. So pick up mm-hmm. Rogue Squadron, give it a shot, especially if you like real-time strategy games. There's no reason not to. It's a, it's a oh, game. yeah. I mean, it, it's also a game that feels like if me and my buddies got into this, like six months from now, we would still be into this and we would be, mm-hmm. you know, like thinking in our spare time about like different things to do right like it feels like a game that's not only like uh that's not only like an interactive space for you but also like a playground kind of space like it it like feels like we could play around it and that's cool no i i absolutely think there's enough depth in in what they've stood up 
uh, for this that, you know, different strategies could emerge. And, you know, something that I love about RTS and StarCraft especially is just like, oh, this person is going to build an armada, an armada of these units. What do I have that can counter that? So if I notice they're going for A ship, I need to then pivot and build B ship if I didn't see that coming or scout it properly or whatever. I think there really is enough room to kind of have a little bit more ebb and flow it's not just a numbers game i think there's different attack types and stuff that you can really kind of drill deep and uh get get in the weeds mechanically with it which is great yeah um that's a triple play folks triple uh, play is... all right the next game this is the one i was most excited about i'm sure eric saw that coming but this is golden <laughs> treasure the great green uh, by dreaming door a role-playing adventure interactive fiction game uh with dragons exploration meaningful choices single player and it's a story rich survival game enter the mind and body of a dragon and this experience life through the senses of these powerful mysterious beings explore discover hunt and forge your destiny among the drakkin the true children of above and below in a world which is still wild and free where nature reigns supreme you will encounter amazing beings hunt dozens of species of prey uncover lost cultures and ways of being and perhaps even change the future of dragon crime with four different endings all of your choices matter and the life you create for yourself will be unlike any other um so Here's the thing about this game. This game fucking rules. And I know <laughs> I know that my brand has been diluted because I'm like, oh, you know, like check out the game jam game. There's elements of it that are enjoyable, you know, this and that. I I have to give to counterbalance whatever Eric's gonna say, <laughs> the highest marks for this game uh possible. Like it's so cool and so good. I played it for like three hours this morning. I'm going to play it again when we get off. I want to beat this fucking game. Uh, Have you not beat it? it um, I didn't get pat. I didn't get out of the great green. I haven't gotten out of the great green or into the great green yet. Did you do that? No, I mean, I didn't. So I, sorry, you go ahead. And I mean, I played, you go ahead. Keep you, you gush. <laughs> you gush. No, no, dude. I'm done. I, I, you I, gush, I my baby. You. you gush. You go I, hard. Go. <laughs> I want to put it you to you guys. To hear what you thought of it. I no, I really, put it to you guys yeah, go, for, go ahead, Blair. You know what? I actually, I I might be the the naysayer here. I I have a lot of respect for this game. I don't think it bit me the way that I wanted it to. However, you know, I think I got a little over an hour. There's a lot of onboarding with this one, which was a little tough. So and it, much. It took me. It took a while to really get cut loose, and I, I could mm -hmm. I could feel the the beginnings of the hooks once i was really cut loose it didn't fully it didn't fully grab me i think you know and part of this was maybe i didn't quite get enough and you know with these with these types of games there sometimes you just there are games you need to plug a certain amount of time in to really get drawn in i mean you know we we're talking about witcher earlier like that took me multiple tries to really really get grabbed and to where I was like, okay, I need to finish this game. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't quite get there with this one, but uh, I feel like the onboarding was a bit of an issue. I'm also, I have no beef, and this is where my respect comes from. I just don't have a whole lot of experience with the kind of text-driven adventure point-and-click mm -hmm. style stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And again, lots of respect for that genre. And like, I play D&D, &D, so I appreciate the kind of the DM of it all kind of describing this narrative and, you know, you fill in a lot of those blanks with yourself. And I think the writing writing is, is good. And, you know, 
it was a little hit or miss in, in that sense. Honestly, Blair, the writing in this for this kind of game was shockingly good. This is like, <laughs> like there's no reason the writing should have been this good. You can absolutely split hairs about whether or not this writing is good. But this is essentially a playable fantasy visual novel with a mm -hmm. very specific world they've created. They don't deviate from that world. They do a ton of world building. You're absolutely right. They onboard like it's so much up front. What is built into this game is that you're supposed to die a lot, you know? And compared to other games where, like, if the world doesn't grab you, if the setting doesn't grab you, if the writing doesn't grab you, uh, you know, the art probably won't because it's it's pretty basic, even though some of it's very, very pretty and nice. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's not a lot to, to grab you in the situation. And those things immediately grab me. And even though I could feel them doing the thing we've talked about so many times, Eric, about over-explaining the world at the top, giving us too much information before yeah. they let, it, let us drop in. In this game, because the whole point is that you're supposed to go through it again, and when you go back through it again, you can skip all that, mm. you know? Like, it proved to be not a design flaw. It's only a flaw if you're only going to play it for, you know, one hour before a, a podcast. But if you come back to it, if it grabbed you enough, I think it actually adds a level of depth to it, which I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I my my experience was like it was that initial like oh this is pretty and this is cool and I'm stoked and then it was like 15 minutes later and I'm like I'm still reading huh <laughs> like yeah, just like totally. like definitely uh you know like somebody who loved <laughs> writing but maybe doesn't get to do it that much and was just like now is my time you know just like really really went for it in the writing but then like. The music is great. The art is great. style is great. You know, like the mm. the aesthetics built mm -hmm. into this are very great. The like the choices are interesting and fun. Like like and fun, mm -hmm. right? Like you know that that moment when like you come upon uh like your mom or whatever, like the dragon that's mm -hmm. being killed by the humans, and it's like it gives you the option to just go for it, right? To just, like, try and attack. You know that, like, you're not going to be able to kill these humans, right? Because, like, yeah. obviously there's this big dragon here that's dead, but it's like, you want to give it a shot? <laughs> like, they're shooting you with arrows. You want to go for it? Like, I think that it's it's cool. This game is very cool. I didn't play yeah. as much of it as you did, Alex, because I knew you were going to have played a Ugh. Get ton of this game. Oh, it's Maybe. so fucking good, dude. Like, <laughs> I think I I truly can't like explain enough like how much this is my shit. Like it is a very specific 1990s strain of fantasy, you know, that is mm -hmm. like this game could like could have been written before September 11th. There is like uh, a like a, a level of complexity in it that is not reflected in the real world, but is like <laughs> so appreciative of it. Like I was just totally floored by this thing, man. Like it's great. I think what something that really stood out as successful for me within this was, you know, putting you and this is a testament to the writing, Alex, to your point, was putting you in the perspective of the dragon. And from the get go, you know, like that whole birth sequence was really interesting. Again, like it was it was slow. It was very slow, but it was very slow. It was, you know, once you got spit out of it, once you kind of started piecing together what, you know, what you were doing and what kind of game this was going to be. Um, it, it was interesting, and you know, it, uh, on that attack, it's all from your like it's a newborn dragon perspective. So they don't know what the humans are, the no tails, and like how yeah. they describe the arrows and totally. stuff. It just really puts you 
very successfully in the point of view of, of that dragon. And I think that was one of the things that was starting to become more and more interesting um, to me as I navigated it. I guess for the the RPG and, and occasional JRPG nerd in me, I wish I, wish I had a little bit... I know that the combat isn't random... The combat was a little. I wanted to like was, it more. The combat was hilarious. The combat. I wanted was, to like I it mean, more than yeah. I did. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I love the idea of the elements and you know, kind of the yeah. Pokemon. Like this is over this, and you can. There was a little bit of like predicting, and like early on, it says like they will do it in a specific order, so mm-hmm. you can predict. I was like, okay, and then like I never was able to like figure out what one of the critters' <laughs> orders and, was. <laughs> and you're not gonna be until the game goes on, until you've died and come back a couple of times, Lord. because your knowledge about the animals doesn't change so right actually, i did notice like, that so that's more roguelike than perhaps part of rogue craft yeah. was in yeah. the sense of <laughs> right accumulated knowledge and that's interesting mm-hmm. you know i definitely died and i was like oh you know it's it's speaking of uh both difficulty and just narrative impact like you really do feel like the choices you were clicking on influenced where mm-hmm. you were going and what kind of feedback you're getting and that's just another you know testament to to the writing i don't think it's it's my style but a a, a game i hold hold respect for and by the end of my session i was like okay i'm starting to start to figure out the the appeal the core loop and kind of how you're supposed to engage with this game which is which is very different from games i usually play so i think that was Mm -hmm. its own kind of hurdle was just figuring out how how i'm supposed to play this yeah. How, how risky should I play it? How safe should I play it? Um, and, you know, in the early on, I was just like, well, what kind of impact do these choices have? And I would kind of click on maybe not the smartest one. I was like, oh, they definitely like when you're talking yeah. about like, obviously you can't save it. I was like, oh, I'm going to attack these no tails. And it was like, yeah, you are injured. Do you want to do it again? I was like, yeah, sure. That is like, you're going to die. I was like, all right, let's yeah. get out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did it again. I did it again after that. And it was like, yo, you died. But like you right. actually died. But in, in that you gained some more knowledge of like fire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. will then carry over. Um, there were a couple of moments in it, like where I realized there was more going on. Uh, you know, I, I went to go fight. The, there's this character. You, you find like a badger. You know, like you can right. interact with like other people in the or other creatures in the world that aren't humans, and you can speak to them. And like, there's cats you can talk to. There's a water spirit. There's just all this fucking shit going on that is so mm-hmm. cool. There's this badger you meet. And the badger's like, I. Th- to die, I want to fight a Drakkin as my, like, the way to send me off to, like, sort of the Valhalla death of, like, you know, badgers. It's called, like, a Lumberkin or something like that. <laughs> and you look at it, and uh, you're supposed to compare, like, your battle stats against it by, like, how complicated the sigils are. And for the first time, I realized, oh, this guy's sigils are way more complicated than mine. This person's going to fucking crush me if I go up against them right now. I need to go figure out, like, how to, like, raise my stats somehow, you, you know, to, to get that stuff going. I'll go back and fight him a couple more times or something like that. Like, Eric, if I could predict what your biggest criticism of this game is, do you think do you know what I'm going to say? No, what? No, there's no wizard. wizards. You can't, yeah, you can't there's play no wizards. Wizard, right? I like. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the wizards? Wait, like, yeah. what the fuck? A bunch of dragons and you ain't got any wizards? Come on, guys, put a wizard in it. Here's here's the I, I think like you guys can tell that I am like over the moon about this fucking thing. I'm gonna go back and play it until I like beat it. But from what I can tell, I played it through one time and then I went and read a little bit about it. It seems like 
you're in this first, sort of first valley and you like go through it as a child, do all these things. And then you're going to leave on the way out. You're fighting against another dragon. I don't want to do too many spoilers, but I'm pretty sure once you win that fight, the game's not over. I think it keeps on going and you're into like a new area where you have to do the same thing again. So this thing might be like quite a bit bigger than just the loop that it seems like when you're initially mm -hmm. playing. Wow. Um, That's cool. Which I'm excited to check out. Like I, I'm very, very curious if this is beyond just kind of a proof of concept of like a small little game someone made, and it is just like a fully formed, huge ass fantasy novel of a game. Um, so I'm <laughs> pumped. Uh, let's do pastor plays. I'm a hundred percent a play on this. It's so good. It's so cool. I'm like shocked uh, that uh, this emerged from the bundle. I enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, check it out. Blair, what about you? Uh, this is going to be a pass from me with the caveat of if, you are like my proclivity to enjoy rts made rogue craft very accessible to me if this is a genre and style of game you are familiar with and enjoy i my gut tells me it's a pretty solid execution on that it is simply not uh not my favorite genre yeah. very fair uh i'm i'm a play on this one uh it's super fun the choices are are interesting i i've harped on I want interesting choices in games, and when you give that to me, I I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't poo poo that. Uh, it's the you know the the music is great, the visuals are great. They did a really really great job. You know, uh, other than the little bit of like uh, too much exposition up top, this is um, a really really well well designed game. So uh, yeah, if you like. Um, you know, it's not really a visual novel as much as it is like a text-based adventure game, mm -hmm. but maybe it's a vision. I don't know. I like there's there's these weird kind of like genres yeah. that are all in the same. It's touching a couple things. It, it feels it's, like uh, Oregon Trail, but this, but, but like, with the baby oh, dragon. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's, that's a fair comp. It's it's definitely yeah. more complex, but it kind of has that same same rhythm. I think actually. Right. Yeah, uh, it's it's this is really well done, and they also you know I I, I got to give it up for like, uh, you know, a game that like is about dragons and it's about this like mythology of dragons, but then also like it you know it's like when you're born you are both creator and destroyer, and then like I like as a fucking idiot stoner was like <gasps> what <laughs> no i am a like eating is destroying you know just sort of like it's like there is something you know they they they're they are really communicating like some sort of like you know ultimate philosophy right in and in, in in a way that doesn't feel very ham-fisted so i think like there's some there's some like extra level like what you're saying alex fantasy sort of novel mm -hmm. stuff going on here that that you got to give it up for so really well this done is Golden this is like the it it's a purity to it there is like a, a corniness <laughs> to it that it is not afraid to go in it's it's like it's like a someone read tolkien and was inspired and like then put dnd and was inspired to make something out of like a labor of love that like just sort mm -hmm. of exists I don't know. Something like this. This this floors me. Uh, great. So uh, that is it. Uh, Blair, thank you so much thank for being you. on the pod. Oh, my God. This was so much fun. Um, where can folks find you online? And, and do you have anything coming up you want to plug? Oh, man. Where can folks find me online? Let's see. I don't... 
I don't. I'm not crazy active. I got a YouTube channel. It's Blair Scott. It's got a couple of StarCraft championships on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hell um, yeah. I've been putting out music with actually another one of our Haven co-workers, Khalil Muscati. Right. Uh, my SoundCloud, I think, is Skeeky with an underscore between the second K and the Y. Um, we did like a sci-fi comedy hip-hop album that we released in January. Uh, and yeah, then lastly, just, you know, my work is Skybound Games. We do a lot of indie narrative stuff, and we're going to have uh a lot of titles coming at you this year so keep keep your eyes peeled for some skybound original titles oh baby well thank you so much love you my friend and we'll talk soon that was great alex you know i think that you and i are getting really good at this I wholeheartedly agree. Um, our guest next week is Andrew Knox. He's an LA-based actor and comedian we know from his time in Chicago, uh, where he was on the second city main stage, as well as being on The Gur at the Playground Theater with me on my first ever Chicago improv team. He is so funny, and it was so fun to 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 chat with him and talk video games. And uh... yeah, it's honestly it's it's rare you meet someone that funny and that thoughtful at the same time. Ugh. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A real the games we played are a mortician's tale from laundry bear games a visual novel death positive female protagonist funeral lgbt low poly mouse only point and click single player game uh nigel from nolski jenna forkella and john mendez games a 2d puzzle multiple ending game and casidio from baka joe a puzzle algorithm difficult math mind-bending numbers game built in unity uh, that's it that's uh what a good episode alex you're oh you're, always always a blast you're the bomb dude you're the bomb.com dude you're the bomb now dude you're the, you're the bomb now <laughs> okay well this is fun I'll, I'll talk to you next week sounds good and we'll talk to all of you next week too and remember, if you're a got the bundle, then you're our buddy. Yeah, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Leave us a review. Track us down on the web at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter. I'm I'm gonna take the take it again. And if you got the bundle, you're our buddy. <laughs> this is Alex and Eric signing. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Bundle Buddies is produced by Alex Hanna and Eric Roth. Our theme song is Neoshiki by Roll Music. Email Bundle Buddies Podcast at Gmail to say hi. Check, check, check.